Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that doesn't even know the rules. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and we are joined by a very special guest. Yes, indeed. Uh, and before we introduce our guest, we'd like to welcome you to the new year. It is 2024. This is our New Year's special edition. We are recording this in 2023, but this is a special pre-record because we didn't want to record on New Year's Day. And this is a very, very special edition. Jake, you just mentioned the only uh, baseball podcast in the world that doesn't know the rules. We are going to be conducting something of an experiment here today, something that we've contemplated versions of over the years uh, of our baseball content creation. But this is a version that I am so, so, so excited about. So I'm going to welcome our guest, and then we are going to establish his credibilities and his role in this experiment. Benji, I don't see. I don't even know the best way to pronounce your last name, even though Jake does. So, Jake, why don't you pronounce uh, Benji in his last name? Benji Niasen. Nice. Okay. Roughly, roughly. Benji Niasen. That's it. Nice. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's okay. uh, it's special to be here because uh, everyone's waiting on a on a brand new amazing podcast from you guys, and they're getting a dude that might not know that much about baseball instead. <laughs> so Benji might not know anything about baseball, but he does know about podcasting and specifically podcasting about sports. Among other mm -hmm. things, Benji is the co-host of my favorite podcast in the world. I have said on our show many times that I do not listen to many baseball podcasts. Uh, I listen to Benji's show, the Lantern Rouge Cycling, Cycling Podcast. Every episode, it is my favorite show in the world. <laughs> and Benji, you are from Belgium. You currently live yes. in the UK, correct? Correct. And you know nothing about baseball. Basically. So I had no clue, even remotely, how the field works, how many players are there, what the players are doing necessarily before I started watching the match that you sent me. So <laughs> that's a setup I had. The one small memory I have of baseball is that when I was maybe 11 or 12 as a kid at school, every week I had like a sporting session. And at least one of those sessions over the over the amount of years that I spent in school was something related to baseball. And I think after watching the match that you sent me, because I just watched my first baseball match today from the Major League Baseball. It's a game. It's a game. It's not a match. No, it's a game. It, it could Veggie. It could it's be whatever you want it to you, be. It could be anything you fucking want, dude. <laughs> it's a play anyway <laughs> the whole thing is that after watching that match and comparing it to that tiny sporting session I had as a kiddo I don't actually remember what the rules were back then before I started watching this match but the ball always went back to the pitcher in that game as a kid mm. and in actual baseball that's apparently not the case yes so that is actually a very interesting place to start so I coach kids like yeah. for fun, nine and 10 year old kids. And when you get even younger than that, you'll edit rules of the game to make them simpler for kids because oh. kids are stupid, right? And so <laughs> the 
not to say that you were a particularly stupid kid, but you know, all kids are dumb. <laughs> and so throwing the ball to the pitcher is often used as a kind of an edit in order to yeah. simplify things for kids at that age. But before we get into the specific game, Benji, tell everybody what it is that you do in your real life besides uh, act as a guinea pig in our experiments. <laughs> this is the, the craziest thing I've done in the last year now. <laughs> uh, so basically what I do is I I discuss cycling on the internet is a simplistic version of it. We've got a podcast where we analyze the tactics of professional cycling races, men's and women's races, and do a podcast on that. It's also available on YouTube in the Lantern Recycling Podcast. But outside of that, I come from more of a, a YouTuber background into that. So a lot of people that do podcasts about sports or journalists that get into the actual podcast, at least in the cycling sphere. I don't know if that's the case for baseball, but I was more to, I make video game videos on YouTube as a kid. And then I ended up playing a game about cycling. And then I ended up making a podcast about actual cycling. So it's a weird way to get into it, but that's what I do. And uh, yeah, outside of that, I still have my YouTube channel where I go through my own cycling journey, where I try to lose some weight, where I try to get better. And that's more of a, a wholesome entertainment side of things where yeah i enjoyed it just as much as the other part and that's kind of the scope of what i do i had a moment where i worked in the actual sport of cycling but that's that's history because i just enjoyed making youtube videos more <laughs> um, so yeah. go ahead jordan well i was just gonna say yeah and, and as i of course i've heard uh jake talk about your podcast and and hearing some of the podcasts and i i was watching some of your your youtube content last night just to be like okay what's this what's this guy about what's this guy's deal right <laughs> i know he doesn't know anything about baseball but what's benji like i was like okay this is going to be this is going to be a good time but again you're you're five minutes to listen so okay what, what's the point of this why are they doing this jake and i are as deep into the world of baseball as you can possibly be there is yeah. no level of the sport that we do not consume, that we do not think about. We are very, we say it all the time, we are very lucky to do it for a living and thus spend all of our time thinking about it. And so what often happens is we lose sight of what the sport is to even casual fans that do know what baseball is, let alone those who know nothing. And so we figured we would take this to an extreme and go to someone who we think would be a fun person to talk to anyway, which Benji certainly qualifies, and give us his, uh, his, his honest interpretation and best guess, not guess, best takeaways from a baseball match, as you say. However, if you saw us tweet uh, a few weeks ago, we said if you were to show a baseball game, one baseball game to someone who had never watched the sport before, what would you show them? And why? Like you, you want them to understand it, and you want them to appreciate the sport or be entertained. What would you? What would you pick? And I think we learned that the responses pointed us in not necessarily the direction that we uh, that we ended up. So, in. two things about that specific tweet. Number one, it felt like engagement farming, and I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> Jordan and I have taken quite a bit of care to not be that on the internet, and. We sent that tweet out for the reason of literally doing this podcast, and I'm, I regret it because the responses generally sucked because it was a lot of people being like, here's the most important game from my favorite team's history, right, in the playoffs. And we decided to send Benji a game not from the playoffs. Yes. And the reason for that is Benji, again, has no context for what the playoffs is versus the regular season. And so we thought showing him the average, above average game was going to be a more representative example than like 
you know, uh, World Series 2017 Game 5, yes. right? Which yes. would have felt like cocaine. <laughs> right. But but even still, like, it, it, all of it means so little, right? You, it, and that's why it's a great example of of even people trying to answer this, this prompt and all of us who engage yeah. in baseball content every day, like, you got to zoom all the way out and just think this is a new sport that we want to share. And so the game that we ended up picking, another important part was that especially because we had some new rules this year, which maybe we can't or will or won't get into. Some we big new rules. Season. Big rules, Benji. Big rule big changes, change. whatever. But we wanted to... Oh, Benji's getting really... really Benji's, like, yeah. Benji's like, yeah, I know the rules. But, but we wanted to make <laughs> I'm a, a genius game, now. A game from 2023 that we found entertaining and compelling, but it was just a game in the middle of the summer. And we happened to choose a game between our two favorite teams, Seattle Mariners <laughs> and the Baltimore Orioles. But this game did not, again, it didn't necessarily mean that much in the, in the grand scheme of things, although I guess it technically did for the Mariners because they missed the playoffs by one game. But uh, the point is, is that this is a game that in the moment, it was like this was an entertaining game that has a lot of, there's a lot of baseball happening in the game. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of different kinds of events that showcase the sport in this yes. game could have a there's of a lot runs. of homers there's a home run rob yeah there's there's a pitching, lot there's bad pitching there's exactly. an injury there's a rain delay like yeah. it has a lot and so this game is june 24th 2023 so if you would like to go either watch the condensed game or watch the full game replay which is what we sent uh benji on youtube you can go check that out pause the podcast right now you can go watch it or go watch the highlights and then come back because that is the game we sent benji said hey take a look and essentially we just said Write down all the questions you have, and we will we will review them on the podcast. So let's do that right now. Benji, let's hop right into it. Questions you had before watching, what were they? Let's go one by one. So first of all, whenever there's like movies that I remember as a as a kid, whether it was I don't I don't even know the names of these movies. I just remember very vaguely that I've must have watched a baseball movie at some point. And it's always talking about home runs. So initially I had the question, okay. How rare are home runs exactly? And that led me to the viewing experience I had. And I went through this match as a consequence of having that question. And there's a lot more than I expected. Because uh-huh. I, I thought it would be uh, a game-winning move every now and then. <laughs> okay. okay. This is this is a fair question. And, and honestly, when we picked this game, I was thinking, is this a little too homer heavy? And with seven total home runs in this game, I would say that is definitely more than normal. Um, okay. That is, uh, I mean, we could pull up the exact rates. But I have it. I, yeah. I, that, that, that was, it was more, it was definitely more than, than normal. So I, there are, I believe, 1.2 home runs per game per team. Okay. Per team. So like two, a little over two per game. On, Around on two team. home runs a game per, uh, on total. Now that number, Benji, has fluctuated over the course of history in baseball, depending on a variety of factors. So like, I don't know if you are familiar with this, but in the nineties, athletes were taking drugs that weren't allowed due to some crossover. I don't think they do that in cycling. I've never heard of a cycle. Even an American cycle. No, 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 no. never, never. And so basically what happened was dudes were taking steroids and getting huge. And as a result, home run numbers shot up like crazy, right? And so the average home runs used to be way lower, right? And then it got really high in the late 90s and then it dipped back down. And then in 2017, 18, and 19, MLB basically like changed the ball a little bit 
And then it just started flying like a golf ball. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so since then, we've had some level of course correction where there are still a lot more home runs than there were in 2008, but it's not quite as absurd as it was from 17 to 19. Yeah. I do have a question. Mm -hmm. When these home runs happened in the game that I watched, Mm -hmm. every single time, the player that has the home run, he obviously does little walk, but he goes off the field and he does something. And on the Seattle Mariners, you yes. got the the Neptune Trident. And I was the like, oh, that, that, that's that's pretty pretty bloody cool. Pretty cool. And then right? on the other side, there was the the Homer hose or, or the Homer hose. Yes, yes. For the Orioles. And yes. To be honest, I went, well, I just wanted to ask, what is the coolest celebration that a team has in the the league or whatever it's called across all the teams. So this Great is so question. good. And this, this is also why part of why we were like, oh, this is perfect because you'll see these <laughs> celebrations, which are very, very new. Um, the idea of teams using props after they hit a home run to celebrate is a very new thing. It is a very yeah. thing that just the last few years. And I would say this past season, about half of the teams had a specific thing. Sometimes they have a special hat. Okay. Sometimes they put on a special coat that's like a reference to the city that they have. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones that stand out. I mean, these are two of our favorite ones for sure, though. So you you got to- You have a tier list. You got to make a tier list of the ones that already exist. We should. So there are some teams who think they're like too good for it, right? (laughs) Who like they're They're too classy and traditional. Like we would never do that, right? And there are some teams who are like, let's get weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, the Trident, I probably rate A tier, while the Homer Hose, meh, probably okay, like so, a, a C tier. So the the Orioles have an entire like water theme celebration. You might have so, seen, okay. yeah. You might have seen this. So uh, when they hit a double uh, and the pitchers were uh, spitting water out of their mouths, did they show that at all in the broadcast? Okay, so they, they have Possibly, all this but water. I don't remember. So they have a, they, I think this might've started after this game later in the season. They have a section in the stadium. No, it, it was there. It was there in the season. It was you there. It, it started yeah. at some point early in the season. Yeah. Where if the Orioles hit a, a home run or a double, they will spray a section of fans with water. Like a, <laughs> from a hose, like from a real hose. Yeah. But so what was funny is thematic. when they started doing the Homer hose celebration, people thought it was like a beer bong. Yeah. Like it looks like a beer bong, right? And then- at the end of the game, I realized it's water. Because <laughs> oh, you thought they were because <laughs> it, it wouldn't be logical to drink alcohol mid an athletic game. Let, let alone did logical, it, legal. I don't wait, think. Wait, didn't didn't Benoit Kosnefrod do that this year though? Well, yeah, yeah, that's a side. Wow, good I'm reference for the reference, people that Jake. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a few more of those where I have to be like, "Oh yeah, for sure, definitely." Man. <laughs> um, okay, so your other pre-game questions are: How good are the Seattle Mariners and Baltimore Orioles compared to other teams in the league? And let's just Can get I this guess? one out of the. Yeah, go ahead. I think the. You, you basically kind of spoiled it when you said that the Mariners were one point off something called playoffs. So I'm guessing that like the, the fight for the title or something. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm guessing they're like a, a, a tier two team while yep. the Orioles, Orioles, I won't lie, I might ruin the reputation of this team a bit towards a lot of fans, but Orioles isn't the most badass name of the country. So mm. I'm going to go and say that this is a tier lower than mm. Mariners. So, okay. so Just because of the name. Sure. 
I like how much stock you're putting in the name of the team. That that does. <laughs> I do all the names. Yeah, you're one to talk where the names fucking change every two minutes. <laughs> like at least the team names are the same every year. It's like, like, true, it's true. Like, for the most part. For the most we part. Very rarely team names are changing. Yeah. So uh, I would say historically, the Orioles and Mariners have been bad. The Orioles were very, very, very good in the 1970s. And then okay. pretty good in the 90s. And then over like in the 21st century, they have been one of the worst teams, except for like a little blip in the road. And the Mariners as well. The Mariners have the longest playoff drought in the in American sports, like all four major leagues, basketball, hockey, and football, and baseball. And they broke that drought in 2022. This yes. particular season, the Orioles were very, very, very good. And the Mariners were like pretty okay. Tier two, you, okay. you nailed tier it. Tier two, you're all over it. Yeah. Uh, tier two, but not not in the not in the playoffs. But but yeah. your question of how good are they compared to the rest of the league? Since I'm a Mariners fan, Jake is an Orioles fan. We wonder that every day. That's our biggest concern. We are thinking, <laughs> yeah. how good are our teams compared to the rest of the also league also Benji? Like I like how you're like the Orioles is not intimidating. <laughs> Do you know that there are two teams named after socks? I actually do because I posted on Twitter today that I watched my first match and I was shocked at the video that someone sent me. I think it was between the Mets and the the Red Sox a match from 86 or something. Someone mm -hmm. I haven't watched it yet. Don't worry. I haven't watched the second match yet. And I clicked to see what the color of the socks were and they weren't red in the video that I was watching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, so like when baseball many... started, when baseball started, like they didn't weren't creative. They were just like, yeah, that team wears red socks. And that's stuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. I want to move to a couple of your other questions here before before you started watching, then we'll get it to the game action. Oh, this question mm -hmm. is so up your alley, Jordan. Right. Um, so uh <laughs> well, I want you to read it because I don't wanna I I'm looking at it. You shared your notes, but but why don't you no, I want I want Benji to read the the, the question. Which question is it that um, you're about the for? closed league and how talent reaches? Just just read the okay. question. Okay. Yeah. So basically, is the major ba baseball league major league baseball? I don't even know what order the letters in. Right, ah. right. So you wrote, <laughs> "Is is the MBL a closed league?" I was like, I was like, "Oh, is that a typo?" And then you wrote it again, and I was like, "No." He no. wrote major MLB. baseball league. <laughs> MLB. That's fine. Major league baseball. Honestly, but Close like enough. totally a fair assumption because if you're just talking about proper english in theory major it would make baseball more sense league. For league to go third and not second yeah and it's like N <laughs> nfl right national football league right major baseball league yeah um so, exactly Benji, when you say closed league what do yeah. you yeah. mean by that question as in there's no possibility for a second division team to get in there correct yes it, there is no promotion or relegation yes Okay, so the teams that are in the league are always in the league because they initially had the reputation or the money to get it in, in the first place. Correct. Yes. Now this there gets are, into okay. your second question. Now we have had expansion over the years. Um, okay. That have we we are now at thirty teams in Major League Baseball, uh, and it has been that way for for quite some time. There is a lot of talk about getting it to thirty two within the next decade or so, but it has been thirty for quite some time, and there is no promotion relegation. How much money is involved in this sport? As in, if we're if I'm talking about the salary of a cyclist, I'm talking mm. about max ten million. 
on a yearly basis. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have a feeling because this is an American relatively close sport that we're talking about like a hundred million. Uh, so almost sort of. Um, now obviously. So just one. Yeah. Can I just bridge the gap here? Yeah, please. Quickly, and then I'll kick it to you. The biggest difference, in my opinion, is not actually the amount of money, though okay. that is significant. It is the length of contracts between cycling and baseball is very different. The amount of one-year contracts in cycling seems enormous, right? Like that is the mm -hmm. standard. And then the higher you go, the less likely it is. The best baseball players in the world, all of them are on significant year deals, right? If I take a look at cycling then, for example, I think the consequence or the, the cause of the fact that we've got so many limited contracts, we're now seeing more contracts that are like until 2028 every now and then. But every single team name, it's not like the right. the Belgian Bears of the or the the Dutch, I don't know, drapes. <laughs> like, we don't have those names. Right. The the name of a cycling team is just a combination of multiple sponsors in the name. So yeah. for example, if you if you'd say Pepsi McDonald's as a team name, for example. Which, <laughs> so it which changed I every should now say, and then. That yeah. is a thing in the Asian leagues uh, in baseball. Yeah, that is, baseball. is a much more common thing where you have um, the team the Kia, names are- the key, There's a team in Korea named after the, the Kia Tigers. Yeah, Kia Tigers, Doosan Bears, <laughs> like the, they were the Hyundai Unicorns. Like we've had a bunch of yeah. that and in, and in Japan too, but in the US, the team yeah. names are not based on sponsors. Right. So, and then from a, financial, from a financial side, yeah. Jordan. Um, so we had the largest contract in baseball history was signed about- two weeks ago, right? And yep. that was okay. 10 years, $700 million. Across the 10 years or on a yearly basis? <laughs> 700 total. Okay. Yeah. Only seven cool every, every year. Yeah. And I, and I will say that when if you are thinking about annual salary, which is another good way to think about, it, especially if you're thinking in cycling on a year to year basis, the best yeah. players in baseball are usually making around $30 million US dollars. Per year. Right. Per year, yeah, like between twenty and thirty. Certainly, when you're getting later in your right. career, but the yeah. teams are valued at billions of dollars. So, I when was the last time we had a team that sold? I guess Kansas City was the last uh, team that sold for like one point seven billion, and that's like the smallest team. Like the Los Angeles Dodgers or New York Yankees are probably valued at multiple billions of dollars. Well, right? the, I mean the Mets. So <laughs> we just saw right. Steve Cohen buy them for four. I was at four billion, I think. So yeah, right. I mean the teams are valued. At, all the teams are valued in the in the billions. Right. But I think yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Benji. If I then take a look at how in cycling the revenue is being made, it's all dependent on the model of a sponsor giving X amount of mm -hmm. money to a team. While if I look at this sport, I see. The Seattle Mariners, for example, their name isn't a sponsorship until unless Mariners is like a clothing brand that I know about. <laughs> but there's boards of sponsors throughout throughout the actual like the the pitch. Yep. Yes. And the part is the 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 fee for people to be there. I'm guessing yep. is something. Yes. Yeah. But where else does money come from? Merch. So the I think the biggest difference between cycling and baseball is that you guys in cycling don't have stadiums. You don't have a singular space yeah. really that you can charge. Like I understand like at the end of races, right? At like the end of RVV, there's a big gantry 
and there are people who pay to watch in specific spaces, yeah. but you can't charge the same amount and it's only once. In baseball, there are over 100 games in a season, spoiler, and each team is hosting around 80 games at their home stadium, right? And you're charging like, a, it's a 40,000 seat stadium, some of these places. I think the average attendance this year was 30,000, 29,000 per game. Multiply that by the average ticket price of $50. Like that's a lot of money you're raking in. But then the other side of it is the TV contracts, right? Yeah. There's a lot of TV money coming in and that gets split up between the teams. And in cycling, I think that the TV money, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like it is, how does that get redistributed to teams? It's it's not being redistributed to teams. As in the VIP spots you mentioned when it comes to cycling races goes to the cycling race organizers. Okay. And the money from TV broadcasting goes to the cycling race organizers. So there like is no money of that going to the teams to the point that yeah. 95% of the income is purely dependent on the initial sponsorship they have of the team. And that's why huh. the model in cycling is broken. So there's no TV money making its way to teams or riders directly. Because in baseball, right, the TV money goes to teams who then use that money to pay the players. Yeah. <laughs> that is theory. not the case in cycling. Some... They're trying to build that, but it's not yet working. Yeah. And and that the not that it's, I guess, that broken, but in baseball, the problem is some teams are more, much more willing to spend money on players uh, than others, which yeah. is what creates some pretty extreme discrepancies. And, but I think in, in cycling, like... There is a huge discrepancy right now between teams that spend money and teams that don't, right? Yeah. Or able to spend money and teams that don't. My sense, Jordan, is that in cycling, it's more of an ability thing, right? Like the lower teams in the league or on the world, world tour literally cannot spend. Like they cannot yeah. spend money. They will cease to exist. Right. Like the team will evaporate and run out of money and die, which happens all the time. Whereas in baseball... For these owners, it's more of a financial investment and they choose not to spend the money on it, right? Okay. I think that's the yeah. distinction. Let's, I think uh, so as well. Yeah. That brought me to a question that I just came up with sure. and maybe I'm extending the podcast by asking it, but... <laughs> that's fine. Is there a salary cap in this sport? Asking uh, all the right no. questions. There is There is no uh, cap as there is more seriously in, in other American sports, but there is a number that you can spend on payroll that if you go over it, you will then be paying a penalty. That okay. is tax. referred to you pay a tax. the the official terminology that the league refers to it as is the competitive balance tax, which is basically okay. saying let's keep you know this is so that teams are incentivized not to go into this to pay extra because that makes it more fair that all the teams are spending the same amount of money even though it doesn't really stop them. But really, what it is is a luxury tax. It's if you go over this amount of money. This upcoming season, it's $237 million, I believe. So if you are spending more than $237 million on player payroll for your yearly salaries, yeah. you then are spending an, an additional percentage at every dollar you go over. And then there's different yeah. lines where that goes. So now, The reason there's that. no cap is because the union in baseball, I, like, I don't think there should be a cap. If there's one thing to know about America, Benji, is that we love our capitalism. <laughs> But the the union in baseball has a lot of power, which is a good thing, because it was really the first sports union in the States to fight for player rights. And the union will do everything they possibly can always and forever to make sure that there is no spending limit. That is a huge okay. deal. And so there will probably never be a cap in baseball. 
now all that, that said, um, so we've covered again. We, we've now we've started to to get into just the, the structure of it. And there's you had one more structural related question, which I'll address really quickly, and then I want to get into the game action because I think that is yes. what we're most excited to hear is like you watching the sport actually unfold uh, more than the than the larger structure. But you did have another question about basically how do you get to how how where do the players come from is essentially yeah your your basic and- question. That was basically the question. Is there like a college league? Is there a draft? And I think the the match yes. itself mm-hmm. actually mentioned that towards the end because the commentator suddenly said, oh, this rider was drafted X amount of years ago or something. Uh, yes. yes. That made me realize there's a draft somewhere. I don't know if that's related to the college league or yeah. if that's related it's to all, the second it's division. All or... So okay. part of the reason and something I referenced you know, earlier is like all the different levels. One of the reasons why we love baseball so much, especially related compared to some other sports like football and basketball um, in the U.S., is there's just an absurd amount of it. And there's so many different levels. And so while you, as you also include a question here about there being like feeder teams, that does exist. Every team, every major league team has a system of minor league teams which basically at least four okay. minor league teams uh, all across the country of differing levels of talent. They are part of that organization. Those are part of the professional group, the professional ladder that is all under the organization. And then you have hundreds of thousands of college baseball players in different conferences and different levels all over the country. And those are players who are eligible to be drafted either out of college or directly out of high school. So that okay. is and, also where amateur And then the one edit is that international players... That is another thing. So, if you are mm-hmm. uh, if you are American or Canadian, Puerto Rican too, or Puerto well, that's America. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you are subject to the draft, which means you cannot be picked until you're uh, done with high school or get your GED. There are rules about that. But if you are an okay. international player, which in baseball tends to be uh, the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Cuba, Colombia, Panama, Belgium. We're working Not on yet. It. After Not this yet. podcast, it will be. <laughs> After this podcast. Um, those guys can sign at 16, at 16 okay. years old with a professional team. And they often do. So that's kind of how talent filters its way up. I would say that like Jordan is very obsessed and into that world of how talent gets to where it ends up. Um, it's a long road. He, <laughs> it's, yes. It's, uh, it's you got to get through a lot of different levels before you get to the top. So Right. But development, I think, is yeah. development. It, it takes longer, I think, than in cycling. But I do, you know, one comparison before we hop over to the game is we are seeing younger players get to the highest level earlier than they ever have before. Is that something happening in happening in cycling as well? Yes, younger and younger, we see teams trying to get sixteen-year-olds and so forth. They're they're trying to build junior teams under their U twenty-three teams under their professional team within like one development pipeline. To then already start talking to 15, 16 year olds of okay, could, they're in a club team then locally. Would you be interested in a few years to come up to our junior team? Would you be mm. interested to come up to our U twenty-three team? And at a certain point, it's kind of reaching a point where I'm like, ooh, it's kind of child's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it like a bit too too dodgy at this point? Well, oh, you don't even trust well, me. That's a whole other back of words. <laughs> yes, I, it's probably an issue in a lot of sports and certainly relevant. Uh, your hands are, let me just say this, your hands are relatively clean compared to our <laughs> fucking sport. Yes. Yeah, so um, we certainly can relate that. Let's, let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, Jake. And yeah. when we return, uh, it's time to uh, watch a baseball game with our friend Benji. Play ball. <laughs> 
Hey everyone, producer Chris here with a brand new housekeeping note about our merch. Basically, we have a bunch of new stuff. So if you've been looking for a baseball barbercast themed beanie or bucket hat, or even a t-shirt with one of those cool pockets on the chest, well, you can stop looking and start buying because they're all available right now, just in time for winter. Just go to podswag.com slash baseball and don't leave yourself clothesless this winter. That's P-O-D-S-W-A-G dot com slash baseball. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman, Benji, Niacin. The date is June 24th, 2023. The Seattle Mariners are 37 and 38. The Baltimore Orioles are 46 and 29. And they played baseball on a Saturday afternoon at Camden Yards in Baltimore, Maryland. And Benji Niacin. Thoughts? <laughs> Thoughts. At what point in the match are we? Because I just heard numbers. Uh, oh, yeah. Those numbers are the records of the teams. Oh. Okay, how many wins and losses is what that was. Um, the baseball season is 162 games, which Jesus is insane. Christ. Okay. Individually, each team. Every team Every- plays 162 games, yeah. Yep, that Over, is insane. Oh, from, uh, from basically the beginning of April to the end of September, and then, and then playoffs in October. So this was right in the middle. This is, yeah. How many days are between matches? No, Every you're day. playing. There's times when teams play 17 days in a row, or I don't know what the max is. Jesus I would say Christ. there's an off day every other week. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then occasionally two games in one day, but that doesn't normally happen. Um, if okay, you so are a again, fan, if yeah. you're a fan of a baseball team, it's a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you figured it out, Benji. You've put it, you've put it but all You know together. what that means, Benji? Lots, a lot of money. A lot of money <laughs> coming true. in. There you go. Every day. So you you have the notes that you share with us. Um, I like that you included conclusions after 10 minutes, conclusion after one hour, conclusion after the match. So let's just start with the <laughs> conclusion after 10 minutes. Why don't you just read what you wrote to us uh, here, and then we'll get to some questions. Honestly, when I started this, the learning curve was crazy in the first 10 minutes because I had no clue what I was watching. I had and they're no not clue explaining what was going it. on. They're not no. explaining no, no. it to you. No, <laughs> it was funny anything. too. Can I just, Benji, can I just say it was also funny because the game we sent you, the broadcaster is like a very good friend of ours. So, <laughs> and he's been on the show. So like the notion of like you listening to Kevin, Kevin Brown, who, who's doing it. And, yeah. and, you, just, and Benji being like, what the fuck is this guy saying? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah. So I imagine early on it was tough. Yeah, I had no clue because... No one was scoring points. So the scoreboard was just 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. Just, and you were like, I think on, it was, uh, score? Um, I already forgot the pitcher's name, but it's 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 the pitcher that was named a lot during the match. So I'm guessing he's a pretty good pitcher. Kramer um, or Miller? Kramer? Kramer. 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 Yeah, yeah, Kramer. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That was the man. Mm-hmm. And he was pitching, I think, six times well to the point that nobody could hit it. So there were no battings. So there was no there was, no 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 points were being scored. That's true. That's true. So nobody was hitting a ball. So I was like, what, what's happening here? But fortunately, that changed, I think, at minute 27 or 30, 32, and there was actually some action happening. And I was like, okay, the game is on. I'm in. Right. So for <laughs> the, just for people listening, there uh, are no... Uh, base runners for the Mariners in the first two innings. Mm-hmm. So the first, uh, Kramer was carving through the Mariners lineup, unsurprisingly, because they're not very good. 
and then in the bottom of the second, we get our first run. Right, Jordan? Yes, yes. And so we have Adam Frazier uh, with an RBI single. I know you're not going to know what this means, Benji. RBI single off Bryce Miller, and I guess he gets um, double. He, he gets, gets caught out. He gets thrown out at home. So what? Uh, what was your like when you saw a run score? Like, yeah. I'm curious what struck you about what was happening on the field, whether you understood it or not. In the early innings, like what when you were watching what the physical athletic feats that were happening, like what stood out to you? So to be clear, a run being scored is when you hit the ball to the point that it can actually run to the next base, right? Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. no, no. Well, that's <laughs> already about one nil in the scoreboard. So, okay, so a run is when yeah. you touch home plate. Home plate, I'm gonna explain. Home plate is where the hitter is standing in front of. Okay. You see it? Now to get to home, you have to go all the way around the bases and then yeah. back to home. And once you touch home, you get a run, which is a point. Okay, so a run is a point. That's the thing I was missing. A run is a point. <laughs> a run is a point. So exactly. in my head, a run was just, oh, you're running to first base. That's already a run. Then next base, also a run. But <laughs> Right. You're I thinking think, about think a run total, is like just running to running at all like the person with the bat running for any reason no that is not yeah it's a run <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out what was happening initially as in okay he hit the ball so the the batter hit the ball the the dudes on the outfield hey i'm learning the vocabulary there you go yeah the dudes on the outfield were running after the ball and they're trying to catch it if they catch it directly it seemed like the 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 batter no Yep. The batter was out. Yep. No, you got um, it. You got it. The one thing I never understood and I still don't understand about the entire game, even after watching the entire game, is mm -hmm. that sometimes when the outfield players caught it and the batter was out, the inning was over. And in other moments, it wasn't. So is mm. it like an X amount of times someone needs to be out or something? Yes. Yes. Okay. This is interesting because... Right, like maybe you at some point heard the term, you know, three strikes and you're out in yeah. some form, but it is three outs for the inning to conclude. So that's three outs thing. and you're done. Three outs and and it's time for the other the other team gets to, to grab a bat. So there you go. And obviously, right, that's that's designated on the score bug, but the score bug means absolutely nothing to you. So that's, <laughs> so to your point, you were you were caught off guard when suddenly they were done. They were done. Uh, they were done hitting. In okay, so I have a I have a little line score in front of me that I'm now showing Benji. Okay, Benji, do you see this here? So this is a yes. is helpful. So there are nine there are nine innings. Ignore okay. the ten and eleven and twelve here. There are nine innings okay. in a game. In each yeah. of these boxes up here, there are three outs. So the top of the first, once a team gets three outs, then it goes to the next team in the bottom. Then okay. back to the other team in the top, then in the bottom. Yeah. And those little sections, those little boxes are each three outs, right? And then they switch sides. You said there were nine innings, but I swear that was a 10th one in this game. Mm, yes, this, this game did go to extras, 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 ah. because... Overtime. The, it's overtime. One of the best parts. Okay. We, we ain't doing ties in baseball. Fuck no. Good. No draws in baseball. Uh, us, us, us Americans have no interest, uh, for the most part, in... You can't ties. tie in cycling, even though it happened... It should have well, happened a couple of years ago. 
yeah, I think this year was a moment in cycling where two people were sprinting to the line on their bike and they crossed the line so close together that on the photo finish with like, which like zooms it in so much, it was basically invisible who won to the point that it depends on the alignment of the actual finished photo machine by the side of the road. And there's this rule that is never used in cycling. I want it to be used that if it's so close that you can't tell, those two riders technically need to ride the last one kilometer again against each other. And it's never used. I think the last time it was used was in the 80s or the 70s or something oh, in the Belgian man, National Championships. And that, that would be lovely. So I want my extras. We got to get <laughs> cycling extras. Oh, that's anyway, so, so good. yes, this was you're no, you're right. I like you're like, there was a tenth. You're trying to tell me there's only nine. Um, totally <laughs> and and <laughs> extra innings, it's like it, emotionally, it's overtime. It's the same like level of entertainment where there's yeah. more tension and it's very close and it's fun. If you go to a game and you get extra innings, it's fun. Now, because of the way baseball is, it can go on forever. There are no like penalty kicks to stop it. Right. And so there are games that have gone to 20 innings. Okay. <laughs> games that have how taken like the... seven hours. Okay. That was what, what, what I was going to ask. How long is like the longer games that are played? Seven hours is crazy. Imagine watching seven hours straight. Yeah, we yeah. can. Well, it's we happened. did that. This, we some, did that. In fact, some of the people, <laughs> some of the people suggesting the game for you was like, send him this game. It was six and a half <laughs> hours. I was like, why? So, so Benji, I would say the moment in Jordan and my in, in, in our career where we yeah. kind of like not blew up, like we were already working in baseball, but a very important moment for us was we were doing a live stream, like a live watch along to a World Series yeah. game, which is like the championship round. And that game went 18 innings and took seven and a half hours. And we didn't yeah. stop. We took no breaks. We were live on the air for seven and a half straight hours during like one of the most important games of the year. And so the idea of a game going on forever is very important to us. Yes. Yeah, so, I get that. I but get that. definitely does not happen uh, as much anymore for a reason. There is no finish line. We don't have a finish <laughs> line. That's true. That's definitely true. Getting us to the next point in the match. Yes. Yep. I feel like... I started getting a bit of a grasp of what was happening on the field. The fact that the ball wasn't going to the actual pitcher that it needed to go to the, to mm -hmm. the, the base person mm -hmm. that the runner is running towards. Yep. Yep. There was this moment. I don't know specifically when in the match it was ha happening, mm -hmm. but it was, uh, I think it was the first points, the first run that the Orioles, the Orioles, <laughs> sorry, I keep saying it wrong. The Orioles, their first run. Mm -hmm. There were two other runners on the field. Mm. The second one got neutralized. I think it was um, Urias or mm -hmm. yep. something yep. like that. Yep. And there was another one stuck between two bass players. Yes. That they were showing to each other. <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm watching this now, <laughs> and this is such a confusing play. Yeah. Even I like know. for my kids. Okay. So, a couple different things. So, this is for people who follow the sport. Uh, we have runners on first and second. With two outs in the bottom of the second inning, Adam Frazier is up, ground ball through the right side to Teoscar Hernandez. He fires home. Uh, Henderson scores. Ball is cut off. I believe that's Ty France, mm -hmm. right? And then Frazier gets caught in a rundown between first and third. As that happens, Urias is on third base. He scampers home. Ball is thrown home by Colton Wong at second base, and Urias is out of the plate. So when it, this is kind of chaos is what this is. 
This is a yeah. breakdown of like the situation where when runners are caught in between bases, that is referred to as a pickle. They are in a pickle. Okay. Well, they are. Or they are literally in a pickle, <laughs> right? Uh, and yes, this is confusing. So the there are basically, I would say, three, four main ways a hitter can get out. A runner can get yeah. out. Uh, you can record an out. One is if you strike someone out, right? Three strikes and you're out. That's one. Two is mm -hmm. if you catch the ball in the air. Yep. Three is if you tag someone with the ball. If I have it in my hand and you are off the base and I touch you, you are out. Go ahead. There was a moment where the umpire, the referee, got called in because I don't know who it was that was doing the run, but it was to a certain base that he was running and the, the actual base player caught it just at that time. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where he touched his leg with his glove mm -hmm. at the basically the exact same time that the dude was hitting the, the mm. white square on the floor at the base. <laughs> I believe, yes. I believe this was a stolen. They, re they reviewed it on replay, right? They went and looked at it and slowed yeah. it down in slow-mo. And then they decided he was out. Um, I think I, I, yes. I, I do know what play you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. This was like so, a stolen base attempt. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So if you touch someone with the ball, they're out. And then the other one is okay. if you touch the base, like you throw to first base before the runner gets there, that's called a force out. So <laughs> tag out. So you see where they're throwing it to first all the time on like a yeah. ground ball. They hit it on the ground. Someone picks it up, throws it to first base before the they runner gets there. They kept throwing it yeah. to the same guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a force out. So just a review for all the listeners. Strike out, fly out, force out, tag out are the four major ways you can get out. Is that track? Everyone good? Jordan, you got it? Well, there's there's strike, strike out. I said strike out. <laughs> oh, I said strike out. Come on now. Okay. Uh, um, you want to go to our first home run? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, we already referenced it earlier uh, where you noticed the celebration, but this again gets it at, at kind of the question I was just asking, which is, were you more impressed by the batters or mm -hmm. by the pitchers? Mm. Hmm. from a physical standpoint like you were watching and you're like wow that's what he what he just did like that looked hard i think initially when in the early phase of the of the game i was impressed by the by the batters because creamer was pitching so much in the glove so mm -hmm. the catcher caught it so many times that no batter was able to do it so i was thinking Okay, you got to be a really good batter to get through this, but that also means that the pitcher is really good. And I think the the pitcher started getting the upper hand when I realized that while the dude was throwing, and even before you're throwing as a pitcher, one of the runners that is on first base could already start running to the next thing, and you need to like respond to that by throwing it to another base instead of to the catcher. And that was like an extra level to the game that I didn't realize mm, existed. That's called stealing a base. Okay. Because again, so, we're trying to get around, we're trying to get all the way around. And sometimes you're not going to wait for your teammate to hit the ball. You're just going to say, yeah. fuck it, I'm running. Right. But those are very fun. Stolen bases are fun. It's chaos, right? And so yeah. there used to be a lot of them. And then they went down in, in like how often they happened. And then this year yeah. they changed some rules and they went back up. And okay. so those are good. We like stolen bases. Those are very fun. Um, but go ahead. question. Can that happen from every single base? Because at some point, the the pitcher needs to have eyes on his ass to be able to see it. <laughs> That's a great point. But he can turn his head like this. Like I while did. he's getting ready to pitch, he can turn his head. Uh, 
that's that's the thing I found weird because sometimes they were just looking at the catcher and sometimes they were looking behind them before they threw. So I'm guessing that was to catch whether someone mm. would run mm-hmm. or not. Yes. Yeah, so Benji has this question on his sheet, Jordan. I'm just going to read it out. At some point, a dude starts running base before the pitcher <laughs> even threw the ball. Can you do that from each base? Is that why the pitcher looks at second before throwing sometimes? Yes, it is. You observe okay. Fox. You nailed it. Nailed it. Now, here is a fun thing. So you can steal home. So you can run from third to home in the time that the pitcher pitches it if you're super, super, super fast. Yeah. It's very rare. But there's a very famous player who you maybe have heard of named Jackie Robinson. He was the first black player in the big leagues. He like broke the color barrier. So baseball didn't allow black players until 1947. And Jackie Robinson was the first black player that like broke through. Right. And he was yeah. very famous for stealing home all the time. I actually, oh. I have this picture on my wall in my nice. office, which podcasters can't see, of him stealing home. So stealing home is like a very cool, badass thing to do. Yeah, but it yeah. is very chaotic. And to your point, like again, it's something the pitcher has to worry about, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I just said the pitcher more impressive than the batter on my sheet right now. Mm-hmm. But there's something about near home runs being caught as well. Was it Rodriguez that caught a yes, near home run? Yes, you this got game? you jumped ahead. We were about to go to this play. Oh. So late in the game, I believe it is Ryan O'Hearn who yep. hits one uh, deep to uh, left center field, and Julio Rodriguez, who is the best player on the Mariners, and one of the best players really, in baseball, really oh. a phenom of yeah. He's a big deal. He is uh, very famous. Very, uh, he's currently dating uh, one of the best players in the Canadian women's soccer team. He's like a star. Like he's like awesome. And he's very good. I mean, he's good at everything, but in particular, his his defending, which you're about to to witness. um, You said good at everything. mm -hmm. How I saw baseball before I started this, and I didn't know much about it, but I knew someone was hitting a ball with a stick and someone was throwing a ball. I thought that each was specialized in their exact role. Are you saying that each player does everything? Well, not quite, <laughs> but almost. So okay. when we say everything, yes, Julio, and you, he also hit a home run in this game. So this was actually so, a good. Oh, didn't um, realize. There yeah. are three categories. <laughs> there is pitching, there is defense, and there is hitting. Pitching okay. of the time, pitchers do not hit. Okay? Okay. They do not hit. Julio Rodriguez. Kremer, Miller, they are not. None of the pitchers in this game hit. Okay? Rodriguez is incredibly good at running. He's incredibly good at fielding. He's incredibly good at hitting. There is only one player in baseball who hits and pitches. And that is Shohei Otani, who got $700 million a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Them. I saw that tweet today and I had no clue what was going on. I just I just saw his nickname Showtime. And yep. That was awesome enough to to deserve the salary. Patrick yes. referenced this on a recent podcast of yours. Oh, when you and were I didn't talking re- about the AG2R French like tax stuff because Otani got all of his money deferred and yeah. so oh, but 10 years the- later or something. Yes. yes. That's him. So he's the only player who pitches and hits, and that is why he is so valuable and he is unique. But for the most okay. part, 
you do have guys, everyone else, the position players, they hit and they play defense. And for Rodriguez, one of the reasons that makes him so good is that he can make plays like you described, where the ball is hit and it almost goes over the fence for a home run. But if you are fast and athletic enough to jump up and catch it and coordinate enough, then 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 it's just a regular out, just like any of the other outs. And does the catcher only catch, or does he do anything different? Mm. <laughs> so the catcher, which great question. Well, what is your what's your read on the catcher? Like, how, for what's all your, yeah, yeah, like watching the catcher. Like, does that seem like a fun job? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you've got protection over your face because you're going to break your skull if you don't have it. Yeah. About that, in cycling, until about 15 years ago, they didn't wear helmets <laughs> while cycling. Yeah. And then it changed to like some rubber padding kind of thing mm -hmm. over there or leather, leather helmet thing. And now it's like a proper protection helmet. Was there a point? Because well, in, in, in cycling, there was a point where someone crashed into the descent and passed away that eventually led to them deciding, oh, Maybe the health of my head is pretty important in sports. Was there a point where uh, someone got injured or yeah. unfortunately passed away in this sport? Yes. So catchers, I believe, have always worn some sort of protection. I mean, okay. longer than everyone else, but yeah, still like, not really. Yeah, like the catchers who are literally like right there, they have always worn helmets. Hitters did not always wear helmets. In 1920, a guy by the name of Ray Chapman got hit in the head and basically he did not die on the field, but he died yeah. shortly thereafter. So after that, helmets were then kind of mandate, mandated and, and uh, common practice. Not for a long, I mean, it took a while. Oh, wow. I didn't realize this. It took 30 years after his death. <laughs> I was going to say, like, 30 years yeah, since an event that is referenced as like a, hey, maybe we should consider helmets. <laughs> we don't really get them until like the 50s. Um, Two more so, questions yeah. about this. The speed was always saying 90-ish, 90 plus mm. for, for Felix, whatever his name is. About TC was yes. yeah. He's so a big that boy. That dude's ball speed. Ooh la 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 la. <laughs> but uh, I will say, I was You're wondering right. how much does the speed go down after being hit? And why does the pitcher not wear a helmet to get it back in his face afterwards? Dude, oh. he's so fucking on it, Jordan. You're so on it. You're asking all the right questions. So, especially because as as you point out normally the the ball speed as you say the you know, the velocity of the pitch towards the batters mm -hmm. especially for fastballs the regular, most pitches is between 90 and 100 and you wait, saw Mr. Wait. Batista Jordan probably throwing talking, 101 or 102 yeah Jordan we're talking to a european okay let's be nice okay but but he but he saw the numbers on the screen so I, okay i don't know what it means. I, I just know the That's number. I don't know if it's potatoes or it's tomatoes. One one sixty five is one sixty five okay. is what Felix Bautista was was getting closer to, uh, roughly. Yeah. But the most average fastball. Yeah. fastball the average fastball is one fifty kilometers per hour. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I've never it, driven that fast. Good. <laughs> now neither, I'm trying to hit it. Neither, neither have neither have we, Jordan. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that when the ball is hit, often it can come off even faster. So the fastest batted ball ever, and we travel data motion tracking for this now, right? It was, uh, I believe, what 122 miles per hour. Yep. So that's 196 kilometers per hour. 
Yeah. So this a pitcher is, is in a life-threatening situation and they just don't know it. No, they know it. No, they know but it. This is a this is a very <laughs> real thing, and and it is a. No, fortunately, there aren't that many of these. Like you, you would assume, considering the proximity, that this would happen more often. Yeah. It is a, it is a very scary moment that happens a handful of times a year, um, and and to the point where the league has considered, not necessarily helmets, but like some sort of special protective padding for pitchers, uh, for their for their hats, basically. Um, and it's not a bloody helmet. It's not like a movie where you need to see the the protagonist to to be able to sell your movie. Like, <laughs> just give them a bloody helmet. I just right. sent you. I just sent you, Benji, in the in the Zoom oh. chat, a picture of this picture from a couple years ago who started wearing these like hat helmet things. Dude looks um, like a mushroom. <laughs> yeah, they are not particularly cool looking, and so there has been a lot of resistance. And, and again, like pitchers too, like with the movement that they're making, they want to keep. You have another question in here about aerodynamics that I want to yeah. bring up, but particularly when it comes to movement and it comes to being able to stride in an athletic way, yeah. a lot of guys have their head maybe moves a lot. Like they don't want a big heavy thing on their helm on their head, right? I I wouldn't be. I still think that this is going to be an issue that that baseball continues to deal with, unfortunately, because you're you're mm-hmm. totally right. It's it's the right reaction, which is that they are hitting balls extremely hard, and they are standing right there. So you're right about yeah. that. Um, but I also now, you're yeah. right. He looks like uh, he looks like Toad and Toadette. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will. I will add by the way that I yeah. don't know why the. Uh, I think it's the batters. Yeah. Whenever they run to first base, they like give like fists to people around them and then they do something with their elbow. They yes. take something off. So, yes. Yeah, so they are wearing, so batters get to wear, uh, you know, a level of, of armor and protection because the ball is getting thrown in their direction. So you'll have guys wearing elbow guards or shin guards or whatever. Oh. And oftentimes they will take those off when they need, once they get to the base and they, and they need to run. But sometimes they'll put on special gloves to protect their hands for if they're sliding so they don't get stepped on or or whatnot. So there's yeah, yeah there's different forms of of kind of protection that different hitters like to wear. That's not mandatory, but some guys like to really uh some guys like to really load up. Like some guys will be will put on like huge amounts of arm protection and oh then kind God. of stand over the plate because if the ball hits you, you just get to go to first base. So I don't yeah. know if we had any hit by pitches in this game, but if it just hits Wait. you, you get to you go to first. Go to, first you don't have to you know reach get, get you know hit the ball or anything so two things reward. we mentioned there mm-hmm. yeah first of all you mentioned the aerodynamics thing as yeah, in, yes, in cycling yes. cyclists everything we do in mm-hmm. cycling is to make it more aero so do we have that 0.01 percent extra speed why do the runners not wear aerodynamic clothing mm-hmm. great question so this is i think it one looks of the worse first things that that it looks people- worse yeah like <laughs> i think the answer to it benji is when I go for a bike ride, I yeah. look like an idiot. You know, <laughs> when I'm wearing my cycling gear, I look stupid. And I think that the sport of baseball is very self-conscious and does not want to look stupid. And I don't think that the aerodynamic difference is significant enough over the small distance relatively that they're running. That would be my probably answer, the first question. Probably. What was your other question? But I'd be there for the marginal gains, eh? But <laughs> um, and and the other thing is that 
I don't remember the exact question I was going to ask, but when it comes to the pitch arsenal, there was this thing that showed up uh, with Creamer, for example. Yep. He had like four seams and all that kind of stuff. Like yep, yep, yep. two questions about that and the, the target box you have on screen. What is that yes. called? Strike zone. Strike zone. Okay. Yep. About that, two questions. First of all, the pitch arsenal means that there's a lot of data there. So I'm yep. guessing there is either data sensors in the ball or the ball, bat. Or the... Not on the ball, but basically cameras and sensors all over the ballpark. Yep. Okay. That's good to know. But does that mean you can analyze your opponent and say batter X is terrible when it comes to hitting four seamers? So I'll hmm. throw a four seamer and Bingo. I know that I'm good at four seamers yes. because my the batting average of my opponents versus my four seamers are shit. So <laughs> yo, so you're higher this it. guy. You're so, ahead of you're ahead of the Rockies at this point. Yeah, you're ahead uh, of the Rockies. I don't know what that sure. joke means, but that's that's you're there. That's a there's boxer. one team that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, and you're ahead of them. Okay, so I am holding okay. up a baseball in front of the screen, Benji. And so as you can see, trying to get it in focus, as you can see from the baseball, there are these seams along the side of it, right? Yeah. And depending on the orientation of your fingers on the seams, the ball will spin in a different way. So a four-seam fastball, which I'm holding like right here, okay, goes end yeah. over end and usually flies pretty straight like this, right? Yeah. Now a slider, I would hold it like this on the seam here. If I throw that, it's going to spin in a direction that I spin it. And there are various different ways that you can spin a baseball out of your hand that will alter the movement. And yeah. now that we have data tracking, like motion tracking for all of this stuff, pitchers are trying to throw different types of pitches to certain types of hitters. And I, I don't know if okay. you brought this up because of something specifically in this game, having watched it back, Bryce Miller, the Mariners pitcher, they talked about how coming into the game, he threw like 70% fastballs, but then he was throwing more so. sliders than ever. They were like, wow, he's throwing way more sliders in this game okay. than he has before. And is that because of uh, something that they saw in the game plan or something that he was working on? There's so many different reasons that pitchers change. For example, Bryce Miller in particular, I remember hearing earlier this season that the dude just had a blister for his first few starts. And so he wasn't able to throw certain pitches as much as he wanted to. So there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff happening behind the scenes yeah. Yeah. that impacts why pitchers want to throw certain kinds, but most guys have multiple different kinds and that's and then that changes from a game to game basis. That brings me to the strike zone where <laughs> I didn't really know what the strike zone was in the initial part of this, mm -hmm. this game, but it started evolving a bit to the point that at, at a certain point, I thought you had to hit in the strike zone, mm -hmm. which you apparently need to roughly do, because if you don't throw in it or it's like out of, out, out of it, then you can have a strike on your end if the batter decides to not hit it or something. Mm -hmm. But okay. there was this moment, there was this moment where Suarez decides not to hit a ball when the ball was a solid amount outside of the target box. And I was one of those people in the stand that stood up and said, umpire, this is incorrect. Yeah. He striked out Suarez and he shouldn't have been striked out. <laughs> okay, so he didn't, you're saying he didn't swing. The ball was not in the box, but they called yeah. him out. Yeah. Okay. Welcome. This is... <laughs> so, so what you are describing, the box that you are seeing on TV is a yeah. rough estimation of the strike zone. 
Okay. The umpire, the referee standing behind the catcher, it's all, it, it doesn't matter what that box says. Okay. I'm telling you, augmented reality glasses for the umpire <laughs> to see the box in real life, that's the next innovation uh, in this You're sport. not totally so, wrong. You're not totally the wrong. The so, sort of here, different, but sort of you're on the right track. The <laughs> uh, lazy comparison here, Benji, would be like time gaps where yeah. you believe them usually, right? Like it is a helpful yeah. thing to have for the Until, experience. Unless the race is in Italy, then you know they're wrong. Yeah. If the race is in it, you never trust an Italian time gap. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. That is very true. So true, uh, guys. So, true. so Jordan knows what's up, right? Uh, let's zoom ahead to the end, okay? And we're, the rest of the show, I have a flight to catch soon. But the rest of this show is going to be uh, the walk-off and then running very quickly through the rest of Benji's questions. But let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll finish up learning the rules of baseball. And welcome back to the end of Baseball Barbercast. Jake Mintz, Jordan Schuster, and Benji Niasen. 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 Close enough. Niasen. I'll accept it. Okay. I'm the umpire that says yes. boy. <laughs> Thanks. I gotta, Very uh, generous. Very gotta generous work on uh, my... strike call for, for Jake there. Jordan, um, there's not a lot of uh, a Flemish in uh, in baseball. <laughs> So listen, this this game that we sent Benji, I mean, it's again, we 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 got again seven home runs. We have a home run from Santander, we have a home run from Julio, and then Mike Ford. May, a big yeah. home run, his second home run of the game, two home runs for big Mike Ford. Um, he hits it against Felix Bautista, despite his incredible ball speed, as you described. His ulala yeah, ball speed. Ulala, right? Uh, unbelievable ball speed. <laughs> I'm gonna I that's sticking, Jordan. Whenever I watch Felix do anything now, it's ooh la la, ball of speed. <laughs> and he goes to extra innings. No one scores uh, in, in the top of the 10th. And then in the bottom of the 10th, Ryan McKenna of the Baltimore Orioles ends the baseball game. Good so way to say that. How, yeah, I imagine there was some amount of confusion here, but what, what did you see or did you understand why the game was over? To be clear... I had never heard of McKenna before this play. So I didn't know he existed until this moment in the match. So that is, <laughs> you're not the only one. McKenna is not a particularly prominent member of the team. That's the nicest way of saying that he should. I've ever heard <laughs> he didn't life. start the game. This is important. He did come okay. in as a sub late in the game. That's why you didn't see him for the first like eight innings. So you were like, yeah. who's this new guy? Yeah. So he like is like a soccer sub who comes in in the nine, in the 88th minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how I perceived this moment was there's been nine innings. My YouTube video is like five minutes left. So the game has to stop at some point. So I was guessing <laughs> there's just, so, so I was just guessing that a game was 10 innings. Oh, okay. oh. That was how I saw it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. 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 So I, I thought the game was going to end because it's a 10th round. Yeah, right now, the first team that scores, game over. It's a tie. And I was even thinking, okay, what's the point of this 10th inning if, for example, the score is 6-0 at this point? Mm. Well, then the game just ends after nine innings if Correct. after what I've just learned. But Correct. back then I was thinking, oh, maybe this point scores for more points. <laughs> oh, like a run in the 10th is more runs. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Okay, so... But, Ryan McKenna, okay. Ryan McKenna hits this ball. It goes over the fence. Yeah. And the game is over. Yeah, but 
Important to note, there was a home run in this game where the ball hit the fence, mm. bounced in the game. And because it was the actual metal fence on top of the wall, yeah, that was not cons- that was considered a home run instead of a, f- a triple. So for context, uh, in the third inning, I think yeah, JP Crawford, uh, JP yep. Crawford rips a liner off of the railing above the wall in right field. This below, is a yeah. This is a the dumbest baseball thing is that there's like random shit above the fence in some stadiums. Because oh, yeah. that's another thing, Peggy. There's no set distance for the stadiums. So in depending on where you are, the fences are a different distance from home. Okay. <laughs> it just blew but, his mind. Yeah. But in cycling, it's like different yeah. courses kind of, right? Like yeah. different. It's not in the same. So wait. It's not as important. Yeah. You're telling me that if your home stadium is shorter than the other teams, then your team is going to have more home runs than all the other teams? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so is and the if other we're team. Talking, if we're talking about aerodynamics. There's a team that plays in Denver that is at elevation and yeah, they have yeah. more home runs. Resistance. They have a lot of home runs because or the ball because the ball travels further there. Yeah. Because there's less air resistance. And that's like a big and deal. If you live in an area with a lot of wind, does that impact the game? Yeah. Absolutely. And I know you had a question about the rain too, because there was a rain delay before this. Um, you can play in the rain. Okay. Uh, but there is a level but not of too rain much. That- that you cannot play in. <laughs> there is <laughs> a point swimming. where they will say, we're not doing this. This is a bad idea. And they will bring a tarp onto the field. And what, was the, what was but the, what was the Omloop year where like the rain and the wind was insane? I like think, they played like during I think a there was a, I think Hans Wevelheim was like a Get race in cycling in 2012, I think, where the riders got blown off their bike into the ditch <laughs> by the side of the road. They had to get back on the bike, try and catch the riders they were with initially. That was an epic edition and got won by Paolini, who is known for, I think, sniffing cocaine at some point in his career. So Hell yeah. cycling is an amazing sport, everybody. So, again. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, Benji. Also, what? Like that race, like 175 people started and like 30 finished. Yeah. 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 But it's a one day race. So let's be honest. Right. If you if you can't follow after 120 kilometers into oh, like yeah. a 200 40 kilometer race, then I'm not finishing that race either. I'm just jumping in the bus in front of a like a little fire and I'm trying to get yeah. a bit warmer in that way. That is one of my favorite but, cycling things is that often like guys who aren't going to win are just like, I'm done. Like I quit. <laughs> like quitting point cycling that, is awesome. To the point that, so cycling is a team sport. There's an individual winner, but it's a team sport. So it's seven riders trying to get sometimes one rider to win the race. And there's moments where I think it was Luke Plapp, an Australian dude, that started a race. There was a mountain at the start of the race. And he started working his heart out on the first line, trying to drop everybody except his teammate to try and launch his teammate into the attack. And the reality is that he got over the top and he jumped to the car. <laughs> 20 kilometers into the race. And it's like a 200 kilometer stage. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, okay, so we have finished our, our match here. Okay. Ryan McKenna hits the walk-off and they celebrate. Any thoughts on the celebration there at the end? Well, they're they're drowning him with a hose, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing I really saw. And then uh, happy we won. Is there anything I missed? So, well, here's the important thing. This isn't how the end of the game always looks, right? So this was a oh. sequence where, you know, because they scored on the last play, the home team yeah. that second scored on the last play in extra innings, it was like a it was a it was a final 
move, like a game winning move, as you referred to earlier, that happened. Last I would play. say like but a as buzzer you beater. It's like a buzzer beater in basketball. Yeah, but as you, know you mentioned, like or whatever yeah. score. Usually, in soccer, usually it, the nine innings end with a, a strikeout or something. Then, well, it could, right? It could, it could, it could end in the bottom. But it could, if you're already That's winning, boring. if they were up six nothing, they would just get the third out of the ninth, and then that would be that. They would yeah. just shake hands, and there wouldn't be as much celebration, right? Um, so this wait, was a more dramatic. You're match. saying that in a lot of matches, the end of the game is celebrated by celebrating a catch or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's also fun. So, but this is a good point, though, because this might be maybe we were showing him something that was still too exciting, and we should have shown him a very basic mm. strike three, and then a much more <laughs> calm celebration. Because this was a more dramatic ending, right? If you're making a soccer comp, yeah. this is a breaking the tie in the you know in extra time in ninety in the ninety second minute with a goal, right? Like where sometimes was, a team was, wins doesn't happen very often, three to one, and like no one, and cares. then time just runs out, right? You get all your outs. So let's. Jordan, let's fly through Benji's questions here very quickly, and then we'll chat a little bit about cycling, and then we will be done. Uh, weather conditions, pause or impact the game. We talked about this for a little bit. Weather conditions and cycling are obviously so important. Like certain riders yeah. are way better when it's raining, and certain riders are terrible when it's raining or when it's hot or when it's yeah. cold. In baseball, that's not really as much of a thing. I would say like players aren't better or worse because of the weather in like a discernible way. Um, and if there's too much rain, they'll pause the game in the middle and then wait for the rain to leave and then they'll start up again. Jordan? But about a half and maybe not half, there are stadiums with roofs. We have indoor. Okay, so there yes. are indoor. But there are indoor sites. Not now. It depends on where they are. Again, we've had most of the new stadiums that get built do have, you know, retractable roofs. So you can have it. It's not just fully indoor. I mean, I guess we only have one stadium now that can actually open its roof. Um, in Tampa Bay, but yeah, there are places certainly in Florida where it's raining all the time or in Texas in their case, because it's ridiculously hot. So they want to have it more climate controlled. There are stadiums that have uh, roofs. Yes. I have a million dollar idea. So you know that when you're playing golf, you can play golf indoor, like yeah. a golf simulator kind of thing. Yes. You can hit a net indoors and it calculates the speed. Mm -hmm. How about you make a home baseball simulator and wait 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 in cycling you've got like the system where you can put your bike indoors attach it to like a game on your computer and throughout that you can you can kind of like play ride on your bike indoors against other people all over the world mm -hmm. what if you do a home baseball simulator like pitching indoors or batting indoors regardless of your role There's gotta be some system you can make for both wait 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 <laughs> and you make an online game about it to the point that it can be a scouting pool. Hey. <laughs> Benji's all over it. Well, so again, you're, most of the stuff you're describing exists in some form. Fuck. There are. <laughs> oh, damn it. I was going to be rich. My money's gone. <laughs> no, but, but you are mostly correct. And especially now in the winter, a lot of what training is, is using those tools inside in okay. batting cages, in bullpens, inside batting cages. with all with it sounds I know dramatic with cameras and motion sensors that's tracking all yeah. these things indoors, not necessarily in a big ballpark, and that's spitting out information that you can then share with teams. You can share the video. There's versions where, to your said, the simulator where we can hit 
where you can hit a ball and it tracks it and it shows you on the screen what it would be like if you were playing in this stadium. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. exists too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. Uh, we talked about aerodynamic clothing. We talked about head protection. We talked about pitch arsenals, sensors that calculate the ball speed. All that stuff is like kind of hidden around the stadium. They're really okay. high tech cameras. That's yeah. all new within the last like five years. It's so cool. Like it tracks the spin rate, the spin axis of the ball. Um, it can track how hard you hit it, how high you hit it. There are all these different metrics that it tracks and the teams that know how to utilize that information to make informed decisions, whether that yeah. is in development or in acquisition are the best teams in the league. There's one more question that I didn't ask during the match that I do want to ask. As in, there was this moment where there was a runner running to a certain base, don't know the specific base. And I think this one of the was one of the Seattle Mariners that was running towards that base. And the ball hit his leg before the base player could catch it. Is there a limit or a rule around the runner interfering with the ball? Because yes. this yes. was accidental, but hmm. Yeah, there's some that's oh, again, this is the minutiae of the rule book that is often not yeah. enjoyable and to endure. <laughs> the rule book, does it suck as much as in cycling, Jake? Of course. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's okay. much probably longer, I would Oh, and we say. have like stupid fines for dumb shit like you guys do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all the time. No, it's, 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 like there was a guy, Jordan, who got kicked out of a cycling race this year because he threw his, or a couple years ago, because he threw his water bottle to a kid on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And he got him in jail. Like, none of that. None of that. Um, <laughs> Let's see what else we have here. Uh, can a runner interfere with the ball? Limit to challenges? Yes, there are limits. Um, is the well? If you're right, you can challenge as much as you want. Yeah, if you keep getting your okay. challenge right, <laughs> you can yeah. keep going. You could you keep telling the ump that they're wrong, and then you're right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Questions for after the match? Is there such a statistic as the most likely area for a batter to hit towards based on previous games? Do teams use that to position their outfielders, bro? A hundred percent correct. No, awesome no, no. question. You are I have exactly a, yeah, right. That's that is perfect. There are like heat map type things yeah. where it plots like the likelihood. I can send you like a picture of one of them, but okay. that's all. Yeah, that's very prevalent. I love this uh, next question. Go ahead, Jordan. In cycling, people tend to support individual riders over teams. In baseball, that seems to be the opposite. Is that correct? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now, I would say we are more on the spectrum of supporting more. I mean, we have our favorite teams, but we are definitely more in the camp of supporting individual players over teams in terms of who is we it, enjoy. Um, is it because you're supporting your loyal... state? Say it again. Is that because you're supporting your team in the neighborhood? Or Usually, yes. Yeah. Usually. There is, again, again, there's generations of your dad and grandpa and, you know, aunt and mother and all these fans were fans of the team for years and years. And they've been the same. Yeah. So that's usually how fandom comes about. Um, but yeah, the, the loyalty is almost always to the teams and not the players. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's because I think institutionally, our teams are bigger than your teams and, and mean more. Like <laughs> That's fucking but, rude. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not talking. <laughs> I think that, I mean. My team is bigger than yours. <laughs> the comparison I would make would be like Anderlecht, right? Which I know I'm pronouncing incorrectly, but like in the Belgian <laughs> soccer enough. league, in the Belgian soccer football league, league. Like, sorry, sorry, we're not doing Belgian the football thing league. Here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like when Vincent Company went to Man City, it's not like yeah. everyone followed him, right? Like I'm sure some people did, or like when De Bruyne went to you know Wolfsburg or like whatever yeah, the fuck, yeah. right? 
the Belgian fans of the Belgian teams keep supporting those teams, even if players switch between the teams, right? Yeah, yeah. That would that be the true. comparison I would make. They just respect yeah. the transfer and the players still afterwards, Eric. But in cycling, it's like they just follow the riders, I feel like. There, yeah. there are there are people that, that support a team, but usually it's related to a rider being on that team in the first place. Right. But and when I got into me, cycling, oh, go I had I had a tough time with this because when I started, I was like, well, I got to pick a team to root for. And yeah. I'm an American idiot. And so I picked EF, right? And then I started realizing that, oh, I just like to root for the riders I want to root for. And that that was a transition. And now I feel like I can compartmentalize those things. Um. I have, uh, oh, and then your final question, which I yes, also very much appreciate. I will ask it. Is, yeah, go is ahead. there such a thing as women's major league baseball? I did the right order this time, eh? MLB? You, you nailed uh-huh. it. We, we, we upgraded from MBL, yes. Uh, there is not officially, however, this is something that is becoming much more um, of a possibility, I would say, not maybe not in terms of the scale of MLB. One of the- Where do they play? One of the-, the women. Well, so- the first thing is there was a league uh, that is very, very, very famous in American baseball culture that there are multiple films about, which I would encourage you watching, uh, called the All-American Professional Girls League. That was decades ago. Uh, Have you heard of a movie called A League of Their Own? No. No. Okay. K- k- come on. I don't know. <laughs> that, Tom, Hanks, like the, Tom Hanks is, is it, in it. Like, is it Madonna the is version it. of The Avengers? The Avengers? <laughs> The baseball Avengers, a league of their own. Yes. Uh, But anyway, there's so there's, but anyway, the point is that was a thing that existed a long time ago. There is not an equivalent today. However, there are much, there is, they're not professional women's baseball to the, obviously to the degree of MLB, but there is, it is something that we are seeing more and more women playing in college levels. Yeah. um, And then probably in minor league baseball at some point. So there are national teams. That is a, a big deal. That like the USA women's national team and the Japanese national team and the Australian national team, they play tournaments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the biggest reason that it's not is because softball is a big deal in America. Mm-hmm. And for a variety of that? reasons, so- softball is how do I describe this? It is. <laughs> oh, we got to do it. I would say, with Benji. you send him a softball match. The bones of baseball and the bones of softball are the same. You run around in a circle, you hit a thing that's thrown at you. If you catch it, you're out. Like it's, it would look 95% the same to you, right? It's just um, a It's like field. track cycling versus cycling, kind of. Like okay. in terms of to the me, differences of it. To me, the explanation of like how women's baseball is currently at kind of sounds like there's this historical misogyny within the sport that yeah. exists in every sport, let's be honest about it, to the yes. point that it's still at a starting spot and hasn't reached the point where it's breaking up. Correct. The biggest difference is for a lot of the history, it was both women don't play baseball, but also women play softball instead. And so this is like the 70s, 80s and 90s. You had women being pushed to play softball instead of baseball. And softball is its own awesome, unique sport that we really like and we think about and we cover. However, what that did is it pushed women away from baseball okay. for a while and towards a different similar sport is there a men's softball league <laughs> there is but that is some really niche stuff that, that does exist not in america in like um 
at a professional level, but uh, that is also internationally. And I I'll send you some clips for that too. <laughs> co women's college softball is a incredible huge deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huge deal. Like does insane TV ratings. <laughs> it is funny because I often refer to it, especially for casuals, as just a better version of baseball in some respects. So <laughs> it, depending on on the, the television uh, in some respects. I think so, yeah. you would like honest? that more, yeah. Benji. Like as, an, as a new person to this type of sport, yeah. women's college softball is quicker, shorter, faster, condensed, more exciting and less like more high energy and less like yeah you know stick up your ass <laughs> better yeah. for the tiktok generation <laughs> yes like a hundred percent i have no clue what i was gonna say okay, okay. <laughs> jordan before we get out of here do you have any yeah. cycling questions i my only cycling question was actually the question that we had asked on twitter which is if I was to go watch a cycling, if you could pick one for me to go watch, yeah, what would it be, and and why? You don't have to answer it now. I'm well, sorry. I have. Let's have a quick chat about this, Benji. My first thought when Jordan asked me this, yeah, was I would have him watch the last fifteen minutes of any San Remo, of any Milan San Remo, yeah. because it is the most exhilarating chunk of cycling, and I think it's very easy to understand. And there are so many different things that could happen. Like if you show anybody in the world, like Mahorich mm -hmm. descending down the Paggio, they will yeah. understand that, right? Yeah. Now a full race? No, definitely not San Remo. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is for people that don't know, San Remo is this race of 299 kilometers, I'm pretty sure. That is basically, how long is that? Riding on your bike 299 kilometers, it's a... It's a, a six-hour race, I bet, six, seven-hour race throughout the day. And you got to keep in mind, the entire parkour is flat, basically, until the last 30 kilometers. So nobody's doing anything except for just riding until they get to the point towards the end of the race where shit is going to happen. So you don't watch it entirely. or yeah. you're That's why you watch you're it. You're just crazy. It's like, it, it, and the funny thing is, every year, it's guaranteed that the first 90% of the race will be completely boring. And the last 10% yeah. is fucking awesome every single time so that comes to mind exactly. what else comes to mind for you benji like a specific year and a specific race i fully agree that the ending of a sunday would be good as like a an average race of like a monument race which is like a, a great one day race in cycling that is like something you, you could watch and the issue with a lot of races in cycling is they need some context to start because a lot of races in cycling are part of like a multi-day event a stage yes, race that's true so Absolutely. if you suddenly have to watch there's this amazing race last year, uh, the Col du Granon stage, which is like a mountain in the Tour de France, that a specific stage was action from the start to the end. But you already need to know who was in the who was mm -hmm. the leader of the race before that day started. Mm -hmm. You'd have to know what the rivalry is, who's mm -hmm. close to that leader to to see what's going to happen there. And that that's a bit more difficult because there's more tactics involved and so forth. So I'd also go for like a a race that's relatively straightforward without too much context. So a one day race, and I think you can you the can problem is, yeah. If you if you show someone Paris-Roubaix, which is a race where the last hundred kilometers, forty percent of it is done on like old Roman cobblestones. 
<laughs> <laughs> so that's bloody epic. And if it's raining, it's super epic. Mm-hmm. But then you're giving them a perception that every cycling race might be like that, which uh, well, is not that's the case. So, yeah, that's... This gets back to how we were thinking about so it. So I got sucked in because of RVV, because of the Ronde von Flandern, yeah. which is the Tour of Flanders, which is a one-day race throughout Flanders. And yeah. I think that that is where I would tell someone to start because I think the important things to understand if you're getting into cycling are understanding how topography and the changes in topography impact yeah. the race, right? When you go uphill, when you go downhill, when it's flat and understanding the team tactics of like what it means to have someone in front of you, right? The more steep uh, a road is, the less important it is to have someone in front of you, right? Just as yeah. a general rule. And mm-hmm. so what I really like about Ronda Ron Flander, which is I have the poster behind me on my desk, is it has a little bit of everything and it gives yeah. you the atmosphere of the race. And there's a ton of really good documentaries out there that explain how it works. I agree. I think there's one issue with Ronde van Vlaanderen, with the Tour of Flanders. That's that a lot of editions are very chaotic. (laughs) So you'd need to look for a specific edition that is kind of structured. As in, at this point in the race, certain teams are sending a rider into the attack Mm. to have some riders up the road. Yeah. To benefit from that later in the race. Then at a certain point, you see the actual leaders come to the front. If there's a structure to a Flanders that I can find, that would be the one I think. Well, yeah. I, I, well, then I'll, I'll extend this uh, homework assignment to you further. If you want to identify the perfect yeah. match for me to watch and not get a guarantee anything about how it will impact my cycling interests, but I am, I, I, I want to give you the opportunity to showcase the best of the sport. Yeah. But we hope, and honestly, yeah. honestly, Benji, like just show one of Patrick's videos it's like that's also how i get yeah. into it right right is yeah. for context patrick's Watch. my co-host but i also yeah. i also want to say i'm also going to ask it on twitter and see what the people say and see if it's as crazy as the yeah the, <laughs> sure the offers that sure. no got. that's that's a great idea that's a great idea it's, it's only fair it's only fair I and mean, we'll see if you get responses that you think are stupid the way that we did but yeah um Definitely. benji this uh, we we are going to cut it here uh obviously you could ask questions for another 50 hours and we could try to answer them you can continue yeah. to send questions to us by all means. We are looking forward to staying in touch. <laughs> uh, but if you <laughs> tell us where people can can follow you and where they can see your, uh, obviously not just the work that you do, but this tweet that you're going to put out, uh, you know, asking for more cycling recommendations and whatnot. And uh, any any final yeah. final thoughts? Final thoughts now that we we did this. If this, uh, you know, is final thoughts as we close it out. First of all, you can find the podcast we have, the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast, on YouTube with video and on podcast players. Mm-hmm. You can find my own YouTube channel where I cycle myself. And if you want to see me suffer on a climb and so forth, then it's Benji Nassen on YouTube. And on Twitter, it's Benji Nassen, my name. And importantly about that, I promise you, if one of you two can send me when the season starts of baseball in 2024, I promise you I will irregularly tweet about baseball give it in a shot good hey well we'll uh so benji, hey follow me benji, guys i know <laughs> i know that uh the summer is busy for you there are two mlb games in london this year okay oh, in june why? because we're a dumb sport we're trying to grow it there are games in london now annually so on the okay. 8th and 9th of june there will be games so We'll see if we can snag you some tickets. <laughs> this is not yeah. an easy ticket okay. to get, but we'll do our best. Uh, Benji, this was a pleasure. Thank you for the time. Thank it you sure for the was. wisdom. 
Because for all the dumb questions you brought, boy, did you, boy, were he you kind it, of on dude. top of it. He crushed you, it. You were, you were asking it was the right fun. things. Uh, I hope this was fun for you as it was for us. Hopefully everybody enjoyed this New Year's special Lantern Rouge crossover unexpectedly. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you, Jake. Thank you to Isabella Joseph for producing as always. And thank you, Benji. And we will uh, talk to you all uh, very soon. I will quickly say before we say goodbye, we, Jordan, we get a lot of nice messages from people about our show yep. and how it is part of the rhythm of their lives. Yep. And I feel that way about Benji's show and about Aww. what he has created. And I think that as podcasters and people who create content, we don't get to see our audience a lot, right? It's That's a weird part of it. We feel like we're lucky that we get to talk to people with people we like and we know and there was a relationship there. But very rarely do we get to experience the other side of that, right? And so whenever we get to do like a live event is really cool. And so, but let me just say, Benji, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for the work that you do. You helped me fall in love with a sport that has made my life Aww. richer and better. And I cannot thank you enough. So we'll end with that thank little you. bit of wholesomeness today. You made me uh, fall in love with a sport that I don't know if I fell in love with the sport. To be no. honest, <laughs> I, 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 en I enjoyed watching it, to be clear. That's fine. It was That's not. Sweet. You like, you played the game, man. And we Benji's like, it I endured this. I survived this. It is a sport that you kind of start watching in the background. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, I missed something. <laughs> Sound familiar? But <laughs> now just now just imagine why doing that like a hundred plus hundred and sixty or hundred two hundred more times. It's not that big of a deal. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All, all right. right. Thank, thank you all you, to Benji. the listeners. We're done. Thank you all for listening. Uh, hope everyone had a wonderful new year and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Sirius XM Podcasts.